Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is your one-stop shop for all things horror pop culture related, from interviews, reviews, top ten lists, and, well, everything in between. They also have an extensive library podcast, which I highly suggest you check out, including my newest one, Cheer and Loathing, featuring Stephanie, the editor-in-chief of Morbidly Beautiful. Now, I do apologize again for missing last week. I have been shooting a short film, and I just finished it up, so that is why I've been kind of taking a backseat with the podcast lately. I do apologize, but I should be back to a more regular schedule, at least three a month, sometimes maybe two. We'll see how it goes until, you know, the rollout of the film happens, and uh, I can kind of focus back on the podcast itself. But today we are going to continue our look at the Ars Goetia and the demons involved with it. Today we'll be looking at the princes and the marquises. So sit tight. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. So just like the last couple of episodes, we will be looking at these specific demons in order. So starting off with the princes, we have Visago. He's a mighty prince of hell, ruling over 26 legions of demons. He can be persuaded to tell the magician of events past and future, can discover hidden and lost things, and has a good nature. A partial description from the Lesser Keys of Solomon states as follows, quote, the third spirit is a mighty prince, being the same nature as Agris. He is called Visago. This spirit is of good nature, and his office is to declare things past and to come, and to discover all things hid or lost. According to the Liber Officium Spiritum, he manifests as an angel. Next up we have Citrie. Also a great prince of hell, and reigns over 60 legions of demons. He causes men to love women and vice versa, and can make people bear themselves naked if desired. Sounds like a good guy to have around at a party, to be honest. He is depicted with the face of a leopard and the wings of a griffin, but under the conjurer's request, he can change into a very beautiful man. Number three, we have the Count or Prince Ipos. And he is described as an earl and a very powerful prince of hell who has 36 legions of demons under his command. He knows and can reveal all things past, present, and future, which is a common theme amongst many of these demons. He can make men witty and valiant. He is commonly depicted with the body of an angel, with the head of a lion, the tail of a hare, and the feet of a goose. <laughs> That's a funny sounding little guy. Less frequently, in the same shape, but with the body of a lion, and rarely as a vulture. Next up is Gap. He's a president. Great president of hell, even, commanding 66 legions of demons. He is, according to the Lesser Key of Solomon, the king and prince of the southern region of hell and earth, and according to the Demonicaria Demonum, he is also the king of the western region, and as mighty as Beleth. But for both, he is the guide of the Four Kings. He is said to be better conjured to appear when the sun is in a southern zodiac sign, 
Gap specifically controls the element of water and reigns over the water elements or the water demons. Gap teaches philosophy and all liberal sciences. He can cause love or hate and make men insensible and invisible, deliver familiars out of the custody of other magicians, teaches how to consecrate those things that belong to the dominion of Amemon, his king, gives true answers concerning the past, present, and future, and can carry and recarry men and things speedily from one nation to another at the conjurer's will. According to a few authors, he can make men ignorant. According to the Suno Demonicaria Demonum, certain necromancers honor him with sacrifices and burning offerings. He is depicted in human shape. Number 5, we have another great prince in Stolas. He commands 26 legions of demons. He teaches astronomy and is knowledgeable about herbs, plants, and precious stones. He is often depicted as a raven or a crowned owl with very long legs. Number 6 on the great princes is Orobas. Having 20 legions of demons under his control, he supposedly gives true answers of things past, present, and to come, divinity, and the creation of the world. He also confers dignities and prelacies and the favor of friends and foes. Orbas is faithful to the conjurer, does not permit that any spirit tempts him, and never deceives anyone. He is depicted as a horse that changes into a man under the conjurer's request. The name could also come from the Latin Orbius, a type of incense. And last but not least, number 7, we have Seer, a prince of hell with 26 legions of demons under his command. He can go to any place on earth in a matter of seconds to accomplish the will of the conjurer, bring abundance, help in finding hidden treasures or in robbery, and is not a demon of evil but of good nature, being mostly indifferent to evilness. He is depicted as a man riding a winged horse and is said to be beautiful. And that brings us to the end of our Princes of Hell. Next up we have the Marquises, so we'll just get right into it. Number 1 we have Gamagin. He is a great Marquises of Hell who rules over 30 legions of demons. He teaches all liberal sciences and gives an account of the souls who have died in sin. That's a lot of souls. And who drowned in the sea, which is oddly specific. He speaks with a rough voice. He also answers what is asked about and stays with the conjurer until he or she is satisfied. Gamagin is depicted as a little horse or a donkey, which changes form into a man under the conjurer's request. Number 2 is Emon. He governs 40 infernal legions. He appears as a wolf with a serpent's tail who can breathe fire, or as a man with a raven's head, sometimes depicted with canine teeth. He tells of all things past and future. He procures feuds and reconciles controversies between friends and foes. Number 3, Laridai, is a great marquis of hell who has 30 legions of demons under his power. He causes great battles and disputes. He makes gangrene wounds caused by arrows. He is depicted as a gallant and handsome archer clad in green, carrying a bow and quiver. Number 4 is the demon Nabarius, and he was first mentioned by Johann Weir in 1583. He is supposedly the most valiant of the Marquis of Hell, and has 19 legions of demons under his command. 
He makes men cunning in all arts, but especially in rhetoric, speaking with a hoarse voice. Not a hoarse voice, but like a hoarse voice. He also restores lost dignities and honors, although to Johann Weir he procures the loss of them. Nibirius appears as a three-headed dog, or a raven. He is a raucous voice, but presents himself as an eloquent and amiable. He teaches the art of gracious living. He is depicted as a crow or a black crane. Concerning his name, it is unclear if there is an association with the Greek Cerberus. It is said that in 1853, Johann Weir considers both of them to be the same demon. He claimed, quote, Nibirius, alias Cerberus, is a valiant Marquises, shewing himself in the form of a crow. When he speaketh with a hoarse voice, he maketh a man amiable and cunning in all arts. So fair enough. There's a connection between Cerberus and Nibirius, potentially. Anyway, next up we have the Marquis or Count Ronove. He's also a great Earl of Hell, commanding 26 legions of demons. He teaches rhetoric, languages, and gives good and loyal servants, and the favor of friends and foes. He is described as a monster holding a staff. But without detailing his appearance, he is also described as a taker of souls, often coming to Earth to harvest human souls of decrepit humans and animals near death. Number 6 is Fornius, and he has 29 legions of demons under his rule. He also teaches rhetoric and languages, gives men a good name, and makes them to be loved by their friends and their foes. He is depicted as a great sea monster. His name seems to come from the Latin Fornus, or Furnace, which means oven. Number 7 is Marcosisius. It's a powerful and great Marquis of Hell, commanding 30 legions of demons. He is a strong and excellent fighter and is very reliable to the conjurer, giving the true answers to all questions. Marcosius hoped after 1200 years to return to heaven with the non-fallen angels, but he is deceived in that hope. He is depicted as a wolf with a man's form, as well as a griffin's wings and a serpent's tail, that under the request changes shape into a man. The name Marcosius comes from the late Latin Marcio, or Marquis. Number 8 we have Phoenix, which also could be pronounced Phoenix. He's also a great Marquis of Hell, and has 20 legions of demons under his command. He teaches all wonderful sciences, is an excellent poet, and is very obedient to the conjurer. Phoenix hopes to return to heaven after 1200 years as well, but he is also deceived in this hope. He is depicted as, you guessed it, a phoenix which sings sweet notes with the voice of a child, but the conjurer must warn his companions not to hear them and ask him to put in human shape, which the demon supposedly does after a certain amount of time. Johann Weir also describes this demon the same way in the Pseudodemonicaria Demonum. Number 9 we have Sabnok, also spelled a bunch of different ways, including Savnok, Salmak, and Sabnak. I'm not even going to try to spell those ones for you, there's just way too many. He is a mighty Marquis of Hell who has 50 legions of demons under his command. He builds high towers, castles, and cities, furnishing them with weapons and ammunition gives good familiars and can afflict men for several days making their wounds and sores gangrenous, or filling them with worms. Ooh, I'm not sure which one I'd like more. 
Sabnok is depicted as a soldier with armor and weapons, the head of a lion and riding a pale horse. The next great Marquis of Hell is Shax, and he has power over 30 legions of demons on evil horses. He takes away the sight, hearing, and understanding of any person under the conjurer's request, and steals money out of kings' houses, carrying it back to the people, kind of like a Robin Hood figure. He also steals horses and everything the conjurer asks. Shax can also discover hidden things if they are not kept by evil spirits, and sometimes gives good familiars, but sometimes those familiars deceive the conjurer. He should not be bothered too often. Shax is thought of to be faithful and obedient, but is a great liar and will deceive the conjurer unless obliged to enter a magic triangle drawn on the floor. He will then speak marvelously and tell the truth. He knows when lies are told and uses those lies to teach lessons. He is depicted as a stork that speaks with a hoarse and subtle voice. His voice changes into a beautiful one once he enters the magic triangle. Number 11, we have Aureus, who I think we've covered before actually, and he has 30 legions of demons under his command. He knows and teaches the virtues of the stars and the mansions of the planets. He also gives dignities, perlaces, and the favor of friends and foes, and can metamorphose man into any shape. Number 12, we have Andres. He has, under his command, 30 legions of demons. He sows discord among people. According to the Goetia, Andres was a great marquis of hell, appearing with the winged angel's body and the head of an owl or a raven, riding upon a strong black wolf and wielding a sharp and bright sword. He was also responsible for sowing discord and commanded 30 infernal legions. He is the 63rd of the 72 spirits of Solomon. Andres was considered to be a highly dangerous demon who could kill the conjuring magician and his assistants if precautions were not taken. Johann Weir, in his Pseudo Demonicaria Demonum, says of Andres, Andres is a great Marquises and seems in an angel shape with the head of a black knight raven riding upon a black and veer strong wolf. Flourishing with a sharp sword in his hand, he can kill his master, the servant, and all assistants. He is the author of Discords and ruleth 30 legions. It does appear that Andres was a popular demon as Colin de Plancy also mentions Andres in his writings. Next up at lucky number 13 we have Andrelophus, and he appears as the 54th demon in Johann Weir's Tome of Demonology, and is described as a great marquis with the appearance of a peacock who raises great noise and teaches cunning and astronomy, and when in human form also teaches geometry in a perfect manner. He is also described as ruling over 30 legions and as having the ability to turn any man into a bird. He also appears as the 65th demon in the Goetia where he is described with similar traits, but also including the ability to make men subtle in all things pertaining to mensuration, among other things. Number 14, we have Kimaris, is most widely known as the 66th demon of the first part of the Lemigaton, also known as the Ars Goetia. He is described as a warrior riding a godly black horse and possesses the ability of locating lost or hidden treasures, teaching trivium, grammar, logic, rhetoric, 
and making a man into a warrior of his own likeness. He holds the rank of Marquis and is served by 20 legions. He also rules over all of the spirits of Africa. Much the same description is found in the earlier text of Johann Weir's Catalogue of Demons. Earlier still is the Munich Handbook of Necromancy CLM 849, which lists an entity named Tuvrius with much the same characteristics, except that he is 30 legions of servitors and can cause a person to cross seas and rivers quickly. Most likely, Tuvrius is a mistranscription of Chimaris, also found in Anton LeVay's A List of Infernal Names. Although it is not known why LeVay chose Chimaris as one of the comparatively few Goetic demons, he did. Aleister Crowley in 777, great year, lucky year, gives Chimaris the Hebrew spelling of Kamvar, which is K-Y-M-A-V-R, and attributes him to the four discs and the third deacon of Capricorn by night. It is probable that the earliest mention of Chimaris is also Coptic, found in the London Oriental MSS 6796, where the name Akathema, Camaris, appears. In this text, the entity in question does not appear to be evil, rather he is addressed as a godlike helping spirit. Baskin's Dictionary of Satanism speculates that Camaris is derived from Cimmerans, a warlike people mentioned in the works of several classical authors as dwelling totally in darkness. It is possible, also, that Chimaris is derived from Chimera, the three-headed, fire-breathing, lion-goat-serpent who eventually becomes one of the guardians of the underworld. There is a precedent considering that the harmless phoenix is also demonized in the Goetia. And last, but certainly not least, we have Decarabia. He's a demon, and according to the Lesser Keys of Solomon, a great Marquis of Hell, or a king and earl according to the original Latin version of the Pseudo-Demonicaria Demonum. He has 30 legions of demons under his command. He knows the virtues of all herbs and precious stones, and can change into all birds and sing and fly like them before the conjurer. He is depicted as appearing as a pentagram star, changing into a man under the conjurer's request. So there we have it for the Marquises and the Princes of Hell. I hope we learned something today. If you do ever try to summon one of these guys, let me know how it goes. I'm not really ready to do that just yet. But hey, if you want to, go for it. The next time we look at this will be the Earls and the Knights of Hell. We may get to the Presidents as well, but there are quite a few of those. We might just finish off next week. It's the last bit to go. Nevertheless, my name is Casey, and if you liked what you heard, feel free to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called on your device. Any five-star reviews will be read on the show, so it's a great way to get a shout-out. Also, follow along for everything fun and fancy on social media, which I very rarely use, but, you know. You can follow along on Twitter, at HorrorShotsProd, as in production, on Instagram, at OminousOriginsPod, or on Facebook, at HorrorShots. You can also find my YouTube on horror shots as well i plan to be uploading some stuff there in a fun sort of character sort of way and there's also twitch but you know all that will be listed below so check it out if you want until next time